With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, how you doing? I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm sorry this podcast's late, but that's what it is. But anyway, you got it on Friday, you got it on Friday for the weekend. Isn't that nice? Um, I was kind of hoping some more stuff would happen, to be perfectly honest. Uh, what happened was, I came up with this harebrained scheme on Sunday. I uh, uh, I decided that I wanted to rejig the studio around. I thought, hmm, one of those uh, fresh-looking um, Mac Minis with the Apple Silicon ones would fit just nicely in my studio, but I didn't quite have the spare 650 quid just to throw at it and buy it. So I thought, well, I've got two MacBook Pros. That's what I usually use for recording. I've got a 2015 workhorse, which is sat next to me, um, and a 2020 MacBook Pro that uh, I, is like my was my main like editing machine. So... I thought, well, I could sell a 2021, buy myself a Mac Mini. That could be my main, like, editing thing in the studio, if ever I need to take anything anywhere. I got the got the MacBook, which has actually got some fucking USBs and ports and stuff on it. Great. What a good time. Uh, sold my old MacBook in four minutes. How crazy is that? I just threw something on Facebook saying, might be selling my MacBook. Anyone want to buy it? Some lad says, yeah, I'd buy it. Came around, maybe... 20 minutes after he said he'd buy it, gave me 650 quid. I went straight online, bought me Mac Mini. It turned up on Tuesday. So then I pieced the studio back together. And uh, the I was going to do this on Wednesday. It's Thursday evening now. Uh, obviously, you know, you're going to go on Friday. Maybe you're going to go on Thursday evening when I finished 
doing it. But um, I thought to myself, well, I'll kind of hang on because maybe something will happen. And nothing, nothing has happened in the way of, in the world of Formula One. There's a couple of little things to have a little chat about. Some like that I found quite interesting. Uh, we'll go through those. Um, the first one I that popped up was uh, Carlos Sainz talking about his sort of time in Ferrari and how he stacks up next to Charles Leclerc. Um, and he pointed out that he's not slower than Charles apparently in any of the corners. Like he, so he's he referred to Charles as being like a qualifying expert. And uh, knowing exactly where that car is at all times, which you'd expect for someone that's been in the team for so long. Uh, but he was he was really quite uh, open about it, saying that he looked at the data. He's not slower than Charles. He just needs to piece the laps together. And he's sure if he pieces the laps together that he'll be up there with his teammate. And it just... It does. It's it's kind of a non-story. I mean, I I think you all know that I've I think Charles Leclerc is slightly overhyped. Uh, I think Carlos Sainz is a better driver than him. And uh, yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I got some stick for calling them both for having saying they have, they've got two masses in the team. <laughs> might might be slightly harsh. Might might be just a little bit harsh. But there we are. Some sometimes sometimes Lee says things to boil people's piss. Uh, I said this on Three Legs for Wheels. Uh, some people say sometimes Lee says things to boil piss, and um, it has a remarkable hit rate for boiling piss. But yeah, there was nothing, nothing major about this story. It was just it, I thought it was refreshing, like hearing a driver talk about how he's going about matching his t- new teammate in a new team. You know, it, he's. He's a proper thinking man's driver, isn't he, Carlos? And I just don't, I, I don't see him not getting on top of this situation. You know, I think Charles is going to find himself with a with a right handful uh, by the end of the this year. Certainly going into next year. And I, I personally think Carlos Sainz will take Ferrari away from Charles Leclerc. Uh, he's a bit of a silent assassin to me. Um, Carlos Sainz, and I think he's going to make that team his own. Um, all the other teams have turned around, but basically, and said there's no real grounds for Aston Martin's error dispute. Uh, Aston Martin tried to say it was for safety reasons. It's obviously not for safety reasons; it's for performance reasons. There's no reason why anybody should be changing the rules again. Bit of a non-story, but I thought it was worth bringing up, just because I think it uh, shows maybe a little bit of oh, um, immaturity from. Oh, I mean, far be it for me to say that a billionaire is immature, but maybe a little bit of immaturity from Lawrence Stroll, because I, I off, off my schnafnauer or however you pronounce that fucking tongue torture of a name. Um, he's been around Formula One for a long time. He knows he knows his F one onions, as would say. So I, I don't I don't really get it. I don't get why he's. I don't get why he would go that far, and try and try and get a rule change mid season. You know, it's clearly not going to happen. So I can only think that it was something just to placate. Um, Lawrence for a bit, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Stroll was having some of those, uh, 
like meltdowns. He see he looks more than capable of having, doesn't he? He looks. He's. I mean, I think any billionaire, any billionaire is a scary man. Do you think? Do you think? Not Lawrence. Just before, before I end up becoming a statistic. Um, do you think there's like a high? I was going to say all, but I'll say a high percentage of billionaires. Do you think a, there's like a high percentage of billionaires can't become billionaires without at least having someone killed? It seems like quite the feat to become a billionaire. And I can't help but think at some point somebody would be in your way that you might have to get rid of. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's no there's no, no reason to change the rules. They fucked it. Uh, the, the, the rake of the cars playing up. It's the difference is like Mercedes was so far ahead of everybody. It's dragged them back to kind of equal, if not just slightly behind Red Bull uh, and Austin Martin slash uh, Racing Point simply didn't have that that pace in hand to lose. So yeah, I'm I'm happy that's all it's all going to be put to bed and it's not this isn't going to drag on because I really did think this might drag on a little bit longer than it than it seems to have. Um, what else do we have here? I want to talk about that later. Um, Honda is going to maintain engine development work for Red Bull. So although they're pulling out of the sport, they're still going to be very much involved with the with the production of the engine. I think this is a good thing for Honda. Uh, sorry, this is a good thing for Honda. This is also a good thing for Red Bull. Um, I wonder if this might see... I wonder if this is going to leave Honda the option to come back into Formula One as like some sort of badging. You know, if they're, if they're putting the effort in, they're putting the work in. Uh, they've obviously made the, made the decision to pull out Formula One. I think like the Braun era, maybe, maybe there's somebody that kind of regrets the decision of moving out now. But, you know, who knows? But yeah, I, I wonder if this might see the Honda name still kicking around Formula One in some some guys. Um, the Turkish Grand Prix. The Turkish Grand Prix is going to replace the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, Canadian Grand Prix is not going ahead because of coronavirus situations. Um, I'm like Canada seems to be like pretty pretty tight on the old uh, coronavirus stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not in Canada. I can't tell you whether it's... W- w- I, I can't tell you how uh, over the top or this might be or might not be. It's it, it. I think the whole situation's strange, isn't it? You know, now where we... It, it, it's, it's an ever-evolving situation. Um but when you look at places like, I mean, I'm fully, fully on board with the fact that uh, Austin will go ahead. I know the, the tickets have gone on sale this week. Um, Austin are having like events now with with people in very very similar to Florida. Uh, this, the, I think it's very easy, and I'm I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna turn this all of a sudden into a a, a virus watch podcast, but. Just especially for some people, for, for some of us in the UK, that if you're not paying attention, um, I, I don't mean that nastily by saying not paying attention because it's not really, 
it's not really your fault if you're not paying attention because it's not it's not something you see on the news. But it's very easy to think in amongst British lockdown. Uh, I can't speak for anywhere else in the world because I'm not there. Um, but it's very easy to think that the entire world is in the same situation we're in for whatever reason. But when you look at places like Florida, um, Texas, they are um, kind of getting on, kind of getting on as normal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's just an interesting interesting thing to look at is to look at the places that have opened up a bit more and how they're getting on because like i say it's it's very easy to turn especially something like the bbc on and think oh well every other country must be handling this exactly the same way we are and it's it's simply not the case but at least we're having a british grand prix the uh, Canadian Grand Prix isn't even going to happen. It's a shame because it is one of my favourite races of the year. I love the Canadian Grand Prix. So, but yeah, Turkey, good track, isn't it? So we're going to get some good action from Turkey. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit sad about the Canadian Grand Prix, if I'm perfectly honest. I prefer that. I, I would prefer that on the calendar to Turkey. Um F1 has approved the sprint races. I'm not going to talk, to talk about this too long because if any of you have uh, listened to Three Legs, Four Wheels this week, we had a really good chat about uh, about it. Um, I have changed my opinion slightly. I'm still very much in favour of Saturday sprint races. I have been forever. Like, probably since... Um, excuse me. A... Uh, a more professional person would have edited that burp out. I can even see it on the waveform. Still not going to do it. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been a, a supporter of the sprint races since 2005, since I started podcasting. Talking about Formula One. Uh, 2005? No, 2005. Fuck off, Lee. You'd be, you'd be one of the most famous YouTube, yeah, uh, uh, what you call them, podcasters in the land. If you'd started in 2005, that was when that was when all the good work was being done when there was no podcasts. Now you're now you're just in a sea of knobheads, just like yourself, that think they they've got a better opinion than everybody else. But no, in 2015, I think it was that uh, three x four, four wheels started. Um, I was a fan of a, a, the idea of a Saturday sprint race. Then I am amazed it has taken like literally a takeover from an American company and then X amount of years later and basically stepping into a new formula to even like shake this up a bit. I'm, I'm surprised. I thought, I thought when I was talking about it in 2005, I thought it was imminent then, but obviously not. So yeah, I'm all in all a fan of the sprint race. I think it's going to be more entertaining than qualifying um, although I, I don't hate qualifying, I'm not one of those people. But I, I would, in if someone turned around to me and says, "Do you want to watch qualifying, Lee?" I'll go, "Yeah." Do you want to watch quali- Do you want to watch a race? I'll go, "Yeah." So it's just, it, it, I find it more interesting. That's all. I find a race more interesting. I still believe that there should be a qualifying on um, Friday for the sprint race on Saturday. Um, I think the sprint race should have half points all the way down the order. 
And I think it should have a reverse grid pole like GP2, F2 used to. I, I don't know what the rules of F2 are this year. They're a fucking enigma to me. Um, but yeah, I think they... Um, I think that's how it should be. I think it would... It's, people would call it a gimmick. That's fine. Um, I mean, what, is, what isn't what is a gimmick? Does that... Everything, everything you put into sport is a gimmick. It just... The only reason that the only thing that stops it being a gimmick is um, time and time for it to become established as like a, an established rule. Um, let's say, uh, I don't know, let, let's say there's a motorsport out there which had just rolling starts because I think like Formula One used to have those like semi rolling starts, didn't they? Um, so, you know, it's. At what point does lining up on a grid, like, you know, it's essentially what you're doing when you put all the cars on a grid and send them flying into the first corner is you are accentuating the risk factor for an accident and therefore making it a gimmick, an excitement gimmick. So I don't see any problem in having like another gimmick Uh, because what it would do is it would force teams to try and make cars better to overtake each other, make more raceable race cars, especially for companies like Mercedes, their Formula One car, or teams like Mercedes, I should say. But the uh, their Formula One car isn't like the, the greatest to overtake. And I know you're going to bring up Lewis Hamilton. I know. He did really well. Whenever I say that Mercedes can't overtake, and people say, no, no, it's Bottas. Bottas can't overtake. And you're right. Bottas can't overtake. Uh, Hamilton's very good at overtaking. It still doesn't mean that the Mercedes is a, like a really good car at coming through the field because we've seen it time and time again where it hasn't been. Uh, I think maybe the conditions helped Lewis come through. Not that he didn't deserve to come through. He drove brilliantly. God, you've got to... It was like walking on child skulls when you talk about Lewis Hamilton these days and the, the cultists come after you. Um... But yeah, uh, he's, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say then. I was too, I'm too busy fucking dancing around Hamilton fans. Uh, he's a very good driver. I think he's a very good driver. He's not my favourite driver. Lando Norris is my favourite driver. Moving swiftly on. Um, <coughs> God, where, where, where am I? Yeah, I think it would make the teams make more raceable cars. Um and it would add a risk factor. It would add a risk and reward factor to a Saturday that I don't quite believe is there. Uh, it would also give teams like Williams a bit of an extra chance at trying to score some points before the end of the year. I think it was Gary Anderson that said uh, on a different podcast that they, you know, if you've got a team scoring a few points, it's easier for them to get investors in. If they can turn around to their um like partners and say, look, we've got some points now, you know, we've got like five points in the bank, look how well we're doing. Um, rather than just be Williams going, yeah, no points again, sorry. So I do, I think it, I think everybody wins from, from a reverse grid pole, but I am excited to see what happens with a sprint race. Sprint races are going to be, off the top of my head, Silverstone, first one, uh, Monza, I believe. What's that noise? 
oh, that sorry, that really creeped me out. You, you just won't be able to hear it because I'll get rid of it with um, some uh, like noise reduction. But the next door, like my bearing in mind, this is it's not close. Sorry for the tangent here, folks, but that really fucking freaked me out. Um, my studio is on like one uh, one side of like the central staircase of my house. The next side of the staircase, which goes into next door, when it's like the it's fairly big houses with big old thick walls. Um, they have a baby in there which cries all the time. My microphone was, um, my mic my microphone was sensitive enough to pick the baby crying up, so it was like I was getting some sort of baby cry through the ether, and it just really freaked me out. This, you know, it's we're we're humans well. We're built to be uncomfortable when we hear the the crying of children because we're built to want to go and do something to help them. It's what it's what what's carried us through all these years. So yeah, sorry that shocked me. Um, yeah, it's Monza is the second race, and they're tentatively looking at Brazil, but given the um, the Rhone's factor, they are going to finalise the last uh, race for the sprint race. Uh, closer to the time i've got a funny fucking feeling you're going to end up with your non-european sprint race because that's what they want to do they want it to be a non-european race i would prefer it in brazil because i think brazil will be the better venue for it i think it's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. uh i'm mortified it's not happening in texas wouldn't you like an extra race around austin i would fucking yeehaw um Paddy Lowe, my mate, Paddy Lowe, who I, oh, I, I feel really sad for Paddy Lowe, like proper fucking top tier level talent in Formula One, you know, an absolute master of his craft. And uh, as as I said at the time, when everyone was like, "Oh, my fucking Paddy Lowe, yeah, it isn't it difficult to make a racing car?" He said a silly thing, yeah. Uh and everyone was really fucking smart about it and thought, "Oh yeah, well, uh, Williams got rid of Paddy Lowe because he's uh, he's done a really bad job, yeah." Uh, and and you think, no, no, like he fucking helped Mercedes win world championships. The reason Mercedes is where they are now is because Paddy Lowe was there. Uh, or not just because of it, but he's certainly one of the elements behind it. Yeah, they obviously like uh, James Allison came came available. James Allison has also done a fantastic job, but you know it's the to to think that Paddy Lowe all of a sudden couldn't do his fucking job after his time at like Williams as well and McLaren, I believe he was up for a bit. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous to think he couldn't do his job. I think we all knew he couldn't do the job in Williams. But uh, he's turned around and said, yeah, he's uh, he was happy to hear. Oh, sorry. He, he, uh, he, I'll, I'll say the real quote. He felt pleased that the Williams family had sold out uh, and he feels it should have happened a long time ago. Uh, he said there were conflicting interests within the team and it was quite a toxic environment to be around. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, the team would be in a very negative spiral uh, from a funding point um while I, while I was there I was watching the spiral progress further down the drain and it's uh, it's actually it was actually quite distressing the sad thing towards the end of this interview was he turned around and said I wish uh where are we oh 
Uh, he says Williams benefited from having the best engine uh, by a long chalk for, uh, from 2014, and it gave them a false impression of underlying performance. But he also goes on to say that he he was sad that he feels that he's kind of he wasted his time towards at the end of Williams and. Yeah, you know he, he did. He did waste his time. He wasted his time. Wasted his talent. He seems like a, he seems like a good guy. Um, I know when I speak to um, Scarps when he's on Three Legs Four Wheels, Scarps is a uh, always speaks highly of him. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's really sad, but it's again, it was the fucking implosion that was Williams. Um, we have what else did what did I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, there was an excellent article in Autosport about Lando Norris essentially looking like the best, or sorry, doing the best job of any of the British drivers uh, at Imola and staking his claim as, like, be at least chucking his name out there to be a future British world champion. Um, I think if he can keep this up this year, this this year is a real arrival of Lando Norris and that Imola was such a good race you know it's he oh, he's looked fragile in the past Lando and you know it's the I don't know whether it's his sort of slightly sort of joyish bounciness he's got about him or it's his um just the fact he's dead young isn't it maybe maybe it's a fatherly thing now with me with me being older and me having a son like I said the other, the other week you know he's 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 one of those sort of young lads you think you you see and you go, oh man, if my son turned out a bit like you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. You could be, you could be a role model for him. Um, but he's, if he can keep this up, like I really do, I really, I, I we're seeing something in him that I hoped was there, but I didn't really think was there. If I'm perfectly honest. Um, so yeah, no, it was just a really good art, a good article. Uh, it's probably better off rather if you go and read it yourselves rather than me dictate it to you but um yeah it's nice to see that this like we're not very good at backing our sporting heroes in great britain we're really good at ripping them apart and it was just nice to see an article which had nothing but positivity on it uh and that's that's pretty much it for this week uh we're off to portugal um i i can't remember uh, I can't. I don't even know. Did we have a Portuguese Grand Prix last year? I'm not sure. I can't. I can't remember it. Um, I. I think we're gonna have another good race. Then we're gonna have another tight race. Sorry, I was just looking for a fucking track track map there on the website I was on, and it's not there. There's no track map. How fucking handy. Um, my tip for the weekend is: I think Lando Norris is gonna get his car onto the podium and i think somebody is going to have a shock win because i think this might be the weekend that max verstappen and lewis hamilton try and occupy the exact same piece of tarmac at the exact same time uh, they know now you know it's when you consider Lewis kept uh, the lead in the championship last weekend because he got the fastest lap. If there was ever an indication of how close this championship was going to be and what it could come down to, please don't let it come down to a fucking fastest lap world champion. Um, 
But if, yeah, if that's, oh, could you imagine that? The, uh, wait, I want that championship. They get to the last race. Neither of them are on it. The both the, the, the car's fucking nowhere. And then one of them is in 10th and one of them is in 9th. And there's a, like one point in the world championship and the world championship is, is decided by 10th, which they have to battle for, for 68,000 laps. Uh, that'd be great. But yeah, um, yeah, I do. I think they're going to, I think we're going to see a lot of pranging. I don't think Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen will like each other by the end of this year. I think they will, uh, I, 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 to the point where I think it will be worse than, um, like Rosberg and Hamilton. I think we might go back to the Hill Schumacher levels of these guys really have a needle at each other. And I can't wait because that's what sport should be. Sport shouldn't be about, it should always be a handshake at the end, but it shouldn't be, uh, not everything should be nicey-nicey, should it? We shouldn't be streaming together. We should be fucking fighting, battling with each other. Should be mind games being played, not fucking eye racing. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the Hot Lap. Uh, I wish there was more to talk about this week, but there just wasn't. Uh, and I thought leaving the podcast till Friday would have helped me out there, and it really didn't. Really didn't at all. If anything, I feel like there's less to talk about. So, yeah, uh, we look forward to qualifying. We look forward to the race, and I will speak to yous on sunday so the podcast next podcast you will have will be up on monday morning no doubt uh other than that if you want to come follow me on social media i'm at a total shunt on the biggies like instagram and um twitter if you want to listen to some of the other podcasts i do which aren't about formula one um you can go to must see audio I do interviews with various people. I just had an excellent interview. If you're into bodybuilding and fitness with a bodybuilder and fitness coach, uh, Dario, uh, Dario, no fucking hell. That's his friend, uh, Johnny Fabrizio. And he was, uh, he was excellent. Like, especially if you're into bodybuilding, like it was so worth it. Like even, even even myself, which is trying to do some weights to try and get himself in slightly better condition, it, uh, it, it I, I found it very valuable. But yeah, you can find all that sort of stuff at Musi Audio. Um, you know, like this podcast, give us a review. I need the reviews because this is a new show. Um, please, if you can share this podcast and tag Sports Social in it, which is my uh, podcast network, it lets the podcast network know that you guys are into what I'm doing. So if you give them a nudge to show that you're into what I'm doing, that'll make them push my show more, which will get me more listeners. And that's about it. But it'll be good to get out to more people, won't it? Because we're one little family, you guys and me. You're my, my sort of OG core of listeners. So, yeah, go and do that. Share, share the podcast. Don't let... That goes for anything, like any of the podcasts we put up. Um, if you can, if you can press the like button, then you can press the retweet button. That should be a lesson in life. Anyway, uh, I will speak to you later on. Bye bye. 
find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.